0: Hello. Hello again.
1: Hello again. This is Leo Anna Thomas from Hashtag Mental Health in Film.
0: And I'm Matt Longley and I'm, this week, I'm the MD of oh, Six yeah, Feet from the Spotlight.
1: Oh yeah, I should play, I should, yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm the VP, uh, CEO of <laughs> Mental <laughs> Health in Film.
0: We've been hey. playing around with our titles because, <laughs> what yeah. do they mean?
1: Uh, I'm Lord Leo Thomas, actually.
0: Lord? Yeah. When did you... Uh, I've not,
1: yeah. I've not changed that yet.
0: You can buy them though, can't you? You can buy lordships. Can you? Yeah.
1: Hmm. I've not legally changed my name to Leo yet, but booking hotels and stuff, and they give you an option, if it says lord, I do it.
0: Well, he usually gets you a bit away. Wasn't there a, <laughs> there's a faulty tower sketch about that, wasn't there? I don't know. <laughs> there is. A, about a lord turns up and he's, just, he's actually a um, con artist. Okay. So uh, I'm not he, a con artist, he, though. He, just he robs, um, he robs uh, good old Basil. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, we can go on. listeners, that's the whole. Been <laughs> going about forty towers that, for ages. Yeah,
1: we'll do a forty towers podcast another time. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Easy. But this one, this time around. Thank you for listening again, guys. Thank you very much for coming back. Um, so our last podcast was stress and stress management. What's the problem? Why is there a problem, and what's the solution? We mentioned that we're going to cross those three questions as best as we can covering all these episodes. Uh, and this episode is Stress on Set Managing Better. So we kind of spoke a little bit about this in the last one. Um yeah, we touched on it a little bit, didn't we? But we touched on it a little bit. Um I'm gonna start by quoting something to begin with. This is a book I've been reading called You Are the Placebo, Making Your Mind Matter by Doctor Joe dispenza if that's how you pronounce his name. This book is incredible. There's actually actually a uh, a Netflix film called Heal um, that I absolutely recommend everyone watching, which touches on this guy's work. But this book's incredible and um, inspiring. And there's some things about stress that I've been reading recently and about what stress uh, does and in our fight and flight survival mode. And I just want to read a little bit out now before we start um if any of you have this book then it's page 102 um and this kind of correlates with the film and tv industry and everything we've been talking about uh uh, when stuck in a spiraling crisis or stressful times where you can't reach out to anyone or regulate your own emotions um yeah when we're living in survival mode, our stress response turned our stress response turned on all the time. We can really focus only on three things: our physical bodies, am I okay? The environment, where is it safe? And time, how long will this threat be hanging over me? Constantly focusing on these three things makes us less spiritual, less aware, and less mindful because it trains us to become more self-absorbed and more focused on our bodies as well as on other material things such as what we own, where we live, how much money we have and so on in addition to all the problems we experience in our external world this focus also trains us to obsess about time to constantly brace ourselves for the worst case future scenarios based on our traumatic past experiences because there's never enough time and everything's always taking too much time Living by the cocktail of stress hormones for extended periods of time will cause you, as well as everyone in your life, to desperately try to control situations, force outcomes, perceive problems, the stressors, as getting worse, over-analyse, and predict familiar outcomes. In fact, stress makes us obsessive, compulsive, and somewhat neurotic. So we could say... That just as stress hormones cause the cells of the body to become selfish to ensure that we survive, they endorse our ego to become more selfish too, and we become materialists materialist, materialist, defining reality with our senses. We end up feeling separate from any new possibilities, because when we never leave that state of chronic emergency, the me first mentality that pervades all our thinking strengthens and endures. Leading us to become self-indulgent, self-serving, and self-important. And I am mentioning this because it related to me so much about how people get stuck at, in uh, the egos and the stress of working in film and TV. And um, it's so easy to uh, it's so easy just to concentrate on all the negativity because it happened mm-hmm. before. And when you don't get a sign of hope or a solution or light you're just perpetuating, just going round and yeah. it, it just basically highlights that the longer we're in that state, it's so bad for our mental health yeah. and it has this, you know, we'll we're, we're try yeah. and cover a bit more today on like more solutions yeah. and managing better.
0: And the whole setup on the on set kind of perpetuates that
1: yeah. system, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: So we were going to talk about how to manage stress on set. Um, so I did a load of research, mm. um, for writing my paper and a, and a document that I produced um, a couple of months ago which is about getting a framework to how we improve mental health in the film and tv and the music industry um, but I found some stress policies um, that were online um, the health and safety executive put them out there so that as a normal company you can go off and take one of these stress policies and and modify it for your company to um, do it but basically and this is the issue. Uh, a lot of the work out there is around normal workplaces, which the film and TV industry don't fit into, yep. um, or some most of it doesn't. Some of the some of the departments do to a certain extent. Maybe accounts do, but um, lots of the different departments don't. Um, so the the issue here is um, so a stress policy, and this is a sample one from the Health and Safety ex- Executive. Um, the organisation will. Um, Sorry, my phone's going off here.
1: There you go. Not
0: anymore. Not anymore. That was a Nottingham number. I wonder, anyway, um, <laughs> probably somebody selling me <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Uh, probably the health and safety Don't executive is going. Stop out, reading Matt. my. Stop reading my. Um. Stop reading my stuff out on li- on, yeah. on podcast online. Don't uh, it stress you, Matt. We'll
1: right. Take
0: it easy. Breathe in. There we go. So it goes through, there's a definition of stress, so the health and safety executive defines stress as the adverse reaction people have to excessive pressures or other types of demand placed on them. This is kind of what I should have been saying in the last podcast before I fell to pieces. (laughs) This makes an important distinction between pressure, which can be positive if managed correctly, and stress, which is likely to be detrimental to physical or mental health if it is prolonged. So then there's a policy um and the organ that it sets out the organization will conduct risk assessments which we can go into at a later point um consult with trade union representatives so our beck two involved in this um well enough um provide training for all managers and supervisors in good management practices provide confidential counseling for staff affected by stress caused either by work or external factors because obviously there's a recognition that External factors will impact people's health at work as well. So um, any organisation should be taking into consideration what's happening in somebody's private life if that's going to cause stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Because adding work stress to stress at home can really exacerbate the problem. So if you're having relationship problems, maybe work should give you some time off or et cetera anyway.
1: Um,
0: Provide adequate resources to enable managers to implement the company's agreed stress management strategy. So in the film and TV industry, I don't think we do have. There, a, there isn't one a stress management strategy. No. So there's 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 <coughs> action me. number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, responsibilities. So managers. There's then a set of responsibilities for managers: conduct and implement recommendations from risk assessments. So we need to do some risk assessments.
1: Um, Every time there's a risk assessment on a call sheet or anything that I've experienced, no one ever reads them, and it's it's. Something I'm trying to take more serious. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, that's right. No, there's uh, there's something that I'm trying to take more seriously because everyone's just like, oh, boring risk assessment. Sometimes they are, but in terms of mental health, I don't think I've ever seen one. No, I don't.
0: I, I don't know. I've not seen many myself, but um
1: I've seen just, ones about wearing high vis jackets and don't like hold. Make sure someone's at the foot of a ladder and is there a staircase or a window nearby that you could fall from or something which is absolutely important to be aware of but i don't think i've ever seen anything to do with no. is that what you're is that what you're referring to yeah yeah, to, that's that? what i'm referring yeah, to i don't so, think i've ever yeah, seen that. so so <clears throat>
0: stress risk assessment um goes through what demands are you putting on people what control do they have over people right uh do they have over the work they're doing sorry what support have they got? Um, what relationships are what? What issues are around rela- relationships on on set or on uh, the workplace? Yeah. Um, then there's two more which I, I can't remember now. I'm going to have to go back to them because sick. So these but,
1: are these are things that are applied in sectors in other sectors. Yeah. Quite a number, but the film industry. Film industry doesn't doesn't have anything that doesn't just, have
0: anything, and a lot of other places don't. Yeah. So don't don't get me wrong here. This is not this is not something that everybody else does um that
1: but these are but these are legal kind of rules that, so, that are applied in other industries yeah, so if we go back into work. Yeah.
0: if you go back to what the law says the health and safety at work act and the managing health and safety um regulations of 1999 that's really sad that i
1: know that <laughs> it's not <laughs> sad at all a little bit but no any
0: any organization <laughs> that has more than five employees and that includes freelancers so even mm-hmm. if you have more than five, so five people working for you in any capacity and it includes voluntary organisations as well. So if right. six feet from the spotlight has more than five people who work for it and we do, then I have to do a written risk assessment for safety, health and safety. So it's the key words are health and safety, not just safety. Yeah. So mental health is included in that. Okay. Um So you actually have to do them. So yes, the the Health and Safety Executive came up with six hazards that they see. So if you if you think a hazard is fall from height, or um, yeah, fall from height, then you would have to try and prevent somebody falling from height by eliminating the need for them to go up a ladder. So you see now your window cleaner comes in, Mm. and he doesn't have a ladder anymore. He has a long or she, or she, sorry, yeah, they. Uh, they they have (laughs) they have a long brush on a stick that they then move up and down so they don't have to go at height if you can't do that you can reduce the height so um, you bring the windows down to them or and then they go up a ladder for the last little bit or whatever it is so if or you put um, if you see on set one of the ones on set is um, if people are working on a set that's raised, you then put airbags around the, that set in case they fall off, so you've reduced the, the fall, and yeah. also you've put some protection there.
1: I just want to quickly say, in case anyone is listening out there that has come across a risk assessment in the film industry that um, does cover mental health and I or anything along these lines, can they contact us? Yeah, because I actually, I mean, I have honestly. Not really. When I see them, I'm like boring. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they maybe they are included, and I don't know about that. So if anyone's listening and they know, um, I'm on Instagram as Leo underscore Thomas eight one. Please let us know.
0: Or well, you can get us a, at six feet from six ft from on Instagram as well. If you can't find Leo, thank you. Um, so the other two that are there are role. Um, so do people understand what role they have uh, in the organisation? And what change? So, how do you manage change? Because change is one of the big ones. Um, I think the main one that causes most stress is demands. Um, I'm putting too much, too many demands on people? Yeah. So there's risk assessment. There's ensuring staff are fully trained. So we've talked about this in the previous one. Is yeah. it, do we? Have, does anybody in the, uh, in the freelance world, you have freelance people managing freelance people? Um, do they have any supervision training? Um, yeah. Or management training? And the answer is not many. No. Um, and
1: whether people... I don't know if that's like... This is kind of an idea for a solution. Some, like, costume designers or production designers, sound... Um, sound designers? No, sound engineers. Yeah, sound designers, yeah, sound, designer, sound engineers. Um, yeah. I wonder if, if management like training was offered whether they even want to. That's the thing as well. Does it need to be like a whole different department? Because some people might not want to, but it comes hand in hand. If you're going to run, again, I'll relate to art department because that's my background. If you're going to run an art department, um, you might not want to have managed train, manage, like, training into how to effectively manage your team. But it's kind of hand in hand. Does that make sense? I'm yeah. wondering if they need, because I know some people who have had offers of training from various production companies and they've said it's been a waste of time and they've said it's like I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to deal with that. So yeah. some people actually have been offered and, and, and shun it. So there's I don't know if there's like another solution of should there be a whole other department in I don't know. It's oh, you
0: can't in the, well you Can can't, you make it
1: mandatory? I don't know.
0: No, I don't think you can but you've um
1: to cause uh, less problems.
0: If you take take it just to mental health and understanding and how you manage for mental health you need to be people need awareness of what mental health is um, and how you can manage it, how you can manage mental health in the workplace and what, what you how you what you do impacts other people and how you can manage people who have mental health issues.
1: So a lot of that is common sense being which a is, human being right
0: which Quite a lot is c- common sense but when you get put under pressure to do things that are <laughs> serving to getting that film produced, Yeah, which we all want to do. We all want brilliant films, and we all want that done. You still need to have the people who can manage the people who are doing it. And I think if you find that, I think there was a. I can't remember the name of the director, but there was a director who said that um, their sort of lighting moment was when they realised that they were the leader of the whole effort to get this film done, not just the creative driving force behind it yeah they were actually leading the whole team to actually get this this film yeah. produced so or, or made in the way that they their vision so therefore they had to be a leader and they had to actually yeah
1: you might be great at directing manage, but yeah. but if you're not and great at leading your yeah like the whole thing will and
0: crumble. you will get people helping you and working better if you can manage them more effectively and they will do the work for you without you having to manage so my days in the in the rail industry um at one place I turned up and I I spent most of my time managing people um, mm-hmm. without actually doing a great deal of work myself So, it, but they went and did the work that we needed to do as a department and would come to me for questions because <coughs> I was the one who sort of understood which way we needed to go and why we needed to go there so you're kind of directing in that sense okay. um, and you're creating a. At, the, at this point we're creating big tenders or making sure that Network Rail got the right invoice which is really exciting (laughs) you see why i I don't do that anymore um i think that
1: sounds glorious glorious, it sounds like like being in a glamorous film industry
0: spreadsheets all day long (laughs) yeah Um, but you but you you spend more time managing the people and, and sorting their issues out but what you find is that if you manage them um with compassion and understand where they're coming from and communicate with them regularly we used to have people who just used to come into my office in the mornings and we'd have a chat about what they wanted to do or what issues they were having and I'd go away and either resolve their issues for them or find out the answers to questions for them. Then they get on with what they're doing and to the point where one girl I had who was off with stress um, for quite a considerable time, when she came back, the first thing I did was sit, sit her down and go, why have you been off with stress? What was it that caused that stress? And there were things going on in her private life. Yeah. There were a couple of things going on at work um, and the ones that I could control were the ones at work. So the people would come to her and ask for all sorts of things that weren't her job. So it wasn't her job to go and find them a projector for a presentation. It wasn't her job to do a store stop take. Yeah. It wasn't her job to make sure there's enough paper in all the photocopiers. But people were asking her to do that because she knew how to do that. Okay. So I took all of that away from her yeah. and basically said to everybody, um, uh, she said, what, what happens when they come for that? I said, they send them to me. So you send them to me, and I'll let them ask me if I if if I can go and fill the photocopier up for them. Yeah. Um, nobody came because <laughs> they went and did it themselves. Yeah. And that took a bit of pressure off her, so it took it away from her. Yeah. Um, and she then becomes really high performing and actually gets on with a job that she's there and paid to do, and improves and and actually gets happier. There's still things going on in her private life.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's not exacerbated at work but it wasn't
0: exacerbated at work and so I had a really then really useful employee whereas before I had one that was off for eight weeks mm. and had to get cover um, into to do her work <laughs> so being able to manage will actually help you as well because that took the stress off me because the job mm. that I needed to do and the department I was I was accountable for that department started working a lot better than it had been doing before simply by being able to manage them better
1: so having having a solution in place like that, having that conversation and having that open, you were able to yeah. do what you could yes. to help somebody. And I, I'm trying to think if I've had any experience of that in my professional life.
0: Well, the, the the person who we've I think who we've kind of gelled with a little bit is Michelle at um, Share My Tally Job. Yeah, because she's in the they're in the same boat. They're trying to get over the same hurdle. Is can two people do the same job? Yeah. So you um, can affect- and share a job. Yeah. Um and the answer to that is yes, absolutely. Yeah. As long as they communicate, but there's this perceived thing that so you can't do that because people can't manage two people. Yeah. But if it's managed right, if that situation is managed right and what they were saying in that workshop that we went to at um at Focus. At Focus mm-hmm. was that two people can do that and they manage it themselves between them they know what needs as long as they know what's needs to be done yeah
1: that's a really and good they point can,
0: they can communicate together and that's what you find is people will if they're managed properly will step up to the team so either I'd encourage anybody to go and have some management training think about what they're doing because you will get best better things out of people if not everybody in the department isn't stressed occasionally people will be stressed yeah but you can you can do things to stop that so Simple things like if somebody's worried about their dog at home, and they, this might not work in the film industry because of its web, but somebody's worried the dog's sick at home. I used to just send them home, go and sort the dog out, and come back to me. Yeah. Um, simply because I knew there were going to be no <clears> use to me while they're while they're while they're worrying about the dog. Yeah. And what would happen is they go away, sort the dog out, come back, and they'll stay extra. And well, yeah. And they work more, and they then they're happy, and they you get two, you get it back twice. So
1: that's a good point mentioning share my telly job because that is a massive solution to managing managing stress if if yeah. if it's something if you have a family or if you have something going on in your private life or if you just know that you've got a certain level of stress that you can only like filter and manage in certain points you can pass the bat on to someone else Precisely. but yeah having someone to just come in right. and say I'll do one week you do one week and that's a new thing that Michelle's doing which is great yeah and um, if no if no one's ever heard of that, please just like Google share my Telly job, and it will yeah. it will come She's up on
0: Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook yeah. and and everything. So
1: because I'm trying to you, you mentioning about you helping your colleague, yeah, and about re- limiting and re- and removing stresses at work. I will say I have had one semi-effective thing happen to me in the film industry, and I want to share it. Um, I was on a job where I. Relocated for work, breakdown of a relationship, uh, straight into work long hours in the winter. It was hard. It's I stressed now. I feel a bit sick talking about it. Yeah. But I have to. I want to state that the art department I was working with at the time, especially the supervising art director, was so caring, and understood, and. I kind of I kind of said I couldn't do it anymore. I just I reached a point where I was uh, oh and this was the time that Morag Webster took her own life. Yeah. Um, she was a unit nurse in the industry. So all of this happened in like the same two months. I remember talking to you on the phone Yeah, breakdown of a relationship, straight into like being relocated, no friends or family nearby, working the hours, horrendous hours, winter time in the middle of Wales middle of Wales. Wales is lovely. Yeah. and um, Just to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been there for Whales, 13 years Wales and I know lovely. people from Wales are going to listen to this. Wales is lovely. Um, but yeah, just, just, just in terms of a back to work, successful situation, this art department, they tried, they really tried and allowed me to just stay on and try and help and pick up some second unit. And it was effective, but there were moments during that time where this would be good to have in place an actual effective way of bringing someone back because there were moments where I felt really insecure because yeah. I didn't know my place. I, no one really spoke to me about what was happening. I, I didn't really know what I needed either. Yeah, I was just terrified I was going to be told to leave and therefore can't pay the rent that I relocated to. And then it was just like Everything horrendous. Yeah. yeah, and they were really supportive amazing and and kept me on for the rest of the contract but that there could have been something there like a well-being facilitator or hr department to just go ahead
0: that's that's the that's the point isn't it that's the point because here we go managers will do all these things in this this policy yeah and then it goes occupational health and safety staff will Mm -hmm. well the only ones we know of are unit nurses Mm -hmm. on a film set or a, or a tv or, and some some won't even have it and they're
1: not even a legal requirement i only no. found out on the last production that i thought it was a legal requirement that you had to have an on-set medic
0: yeah and it's not it's not
1: apparently it, they don't have to be there well, you every do day a risk
0: assessment and say that it's not
1: basically only if they're stunts or something yeah. but they should be there every day because yeah. the amount of times i've been on set where someone's like cut their finger or like not like a little nip like properly cut their finger and there's no medic
0: yeah so I really a, didn't know. Well, Ray and he could be miles from. A&E. Yeah, yeah. Uh, human resources, well, who, who, who are they? Well, <laughs> what is that? Fortunately, they now have somebody at Leavesden who looks after production. <laughs> Hello, Nicola, if you're listening. Um, yeah. But they they have <laughs> all sorts of things there. Um, employees will safety representatives will now. I know we there are quite a few times when they have safety, but some of the small productions there won't be safety representatives there. No. And then a safety committee will do something. So. There isn't a safety committee, um, perhaps. Anyway, so what we can see is that these policies that are set out don't necessarily fit for film and TV. So we need to do something.
1: Well, that's our solution. That's what we're trying to come up with. And When we went to the This Can Happen, this was all stated. And it was amazing that these companies had these procedures in place and it was just nothing there for freelancers. But that's the problem, what we're talking about. Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I just took some lemon and ginger tea. Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me, so sorry. Um, so that's there's the problems that they're not there, and I guess why they're not there is just because they never have been. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so they and, and never.
0: And there's a diluted there's a diluted accountability, isn't there? Because quite often these are either production service companies mm. that are being created to produce a film.
1: Are they pop up these limited companies uh, and, they and then they up, disappear? And they yeah.
0: disappear. So there isn't that structure there. They're all run by freelance people, who, and the, the idea is get the job done and then leave, and which that's it. Which is which is great from a dynamic point of view, but it doesn't necessarily help with people's.
1: There's no duty of care there.
0: Yeah, the duty of care is missing, and that's the right term. And yeah. it, it is a legal responsibility. I'm learning. You have a duty of care to <laughs> yeah. your freelance employees and your full-time employees. But also, there are smaller companies who set up and will expand with freelance people just to produce certain things so there's there's kind of things missing we need to try and change the the story around says so that some of these things are in place beforehand some of that can be done um by some of the major production houses changing perhaps how they think about production service companies and what they offer to production service companies um and what they put into the budgets because obviously the this is all about supposedly about money so that they, you can yeah it comes down to cost yeah and also Using companies that have um, put things in place to protect their men- the mental health of their employees. That's another that's another thing that we can we can get them we can start to think about. So um, some of the big production companies, e.g., Disney or Warner Brothers or mm. Universal, NBC Universal, actually specifying what they want from the people that produce their content for them. Right, and that's a possibility. That's what that's another idea that we can have. But to get it back to to set.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I mean,
0: specifically set up, because I can go on about the yeah. company up, but it, it does go back in the end to the
1: well. Yeah, the it's it's, it's all of this. It's it, it's the bigger picture in terms of big management and these companies that are worldwide known, but it's also managing what we can do to manage better directly on set. Yes, not going to talk about the world being facilitating role yet because that's going to be on the next yes. podcast. But um, what what productions could do. Helpfully, I'm just thinking as well. I know that some of the stresses are locations changing daily, and I've been on set so many times where shooting hundreds of miles apart, you you wrap in one location and then you're expected to drive on wrap straight to a hotel where you arrive at like twelve midnight, yep, uh, or one in the morning, and, and then the you're up at six. Are following you. And then you're up at six. And sometimes there are no hotels given or accommodation, and so you're having to drive back home. And in terms of managing better, it would be great if it was some sort of legal requirement that meant productions have to put up. I think maybe there is actually now I'm saying that. I think there's like a limit. If it's over a certain amount of miles or certain hours, you have to be put up That's in accommodation. That's
0: probably just a risk assessment and a, a, an agreement with yeah. too, I would
1: have thought. There probably is a lot of things if you, like that. I just want to be kind of like yeah. to listeners beware! this isn't like podcasts of like complaining and ranting that we're trying to come up with solutions well, and there are good things slowly happening.
0: Yeah. A, the The rail industry have a set of fatigue rules. So obviously people work nights. Um, so they're allowed to work 14 hours door to door in any in any given 24 hours, and then there's a set of rules as well about how they how they work a, a consecutive number of shifts or yeah. in a period of two weeks, etc. And then Network Rail will monitor this, and the companies that supply people have to monitor them. I'm not saying that this should be the same in the film and TV industry because it's it's a different game.
1: Well, but... there's there's a well, there's definitely I know that. There's a, like 11-hour turnaround. As soon as you wrap, you're not like back on set for another 11 hours, but that doesn't include your, 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 your possible two, three-hour commute yeah. and getting home late, which is part of the problem, but so, I don't know how you get around that. Yeah. But So uh,
0: I think where, we, where we're kind of going with this is yeah. there needs to be a change in the management awareness yeah. and setup of A, what, what causes stress, why, does it, why, why is stress an issue, what that can do to mental health and how do you actually, th- so that the people are actually thinking about stress. Yeah. A lot of it comes down, I think, to communication. So all of these things in a stress policy are provide special advice and awareness training, which is communication, mm-hmm. train to support managers implementing stress risk assessment, and a lot of that will be communicating. So when it comes to changing things, it's about communicating. We talked about in the last podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Not everybody on set will know what's going on, so how do you improve that communication? Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you told all the ADs that there's yeah. a change here so they can actually go out and tell everybody else?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I know we're talking about big productions here and there's smaller productions where well, it's not necessarily an issue. Yeah. Um, and there's different. There's obviously different things that will come from a stress in a smaller, a smaller production because you might be on your own in a stressful situation with um, contributors or et cetera in, yeah. in a strange place um, and you're not sure how that contributor's going to... So there's like sorry go on to react so yeah yeah. so there's different
1: so there's two kind of things here is managing better for big companies and what they can do but managing better individually what you know what we can do for ourselves yes if the big picture doesn't change yet or isn't if you're in a situation where you're stuck managing better in as an individual and what you can do for yourself is a podcast that's coming up soon about little things that you can do in a couple of minutes to ease your stress uh, which is um, along the lines of managing your own stress I I was going to talk about it then but no because that's for the next one that's for the next one you have to wait and listen to the next one
0: I put that uh, Martin Luther King quote on the other day didn't I oh you did Yeah. what what was it again Um, have the faith to take the first step Um, you won't always see the whole staircase something like that I can't remember that's not
1: quite right,
0: is it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I have a dream.
1: I, have a, I have a dream. <laughs> that we will develop this, this business, Six Foot From the Spotlight, Mental Health and Film, where we are going to train mental health first aiders and tweak it and to train fit ma- the film industry.
0: And train managers as well. Because and
1: train managers in the IACT. That's what you do, Matt. Yeah, and we're going to get them out there on all the film sets. Yeah, there think, you go.
0: I think there's a, there's a further thing to have, isn't there, which is training people to manage people better communicate better um, because that will reduce the stress if you if you know how to manage people and you can understand (coughs) what stresses people out and why then Mm. you can then move forward with a, a change in in the culture
1: absolutely which we will get to absolutely what else do we need to talk about on this one do we need to uh I'm just flicking through my book now to see if there's something I'm I am just flicking through mine too. I'm just going to see. Got, I do recommend this book, people. You are the placebo. It is incredible.
0: There is loads of information about stress management on the AIM. There's stuff from Mind website. There's stuff on the HSE website, um, all of which is free. Um, you can go through it. But there's all sorts of things here. I, I think there's while there aren't some of these structures in place in the film and tv industry there are things that can be done so if i look at the demands which is the one that i think causes the most stress which is the amount there's things like ways to achieve this standard and to actually improve what demands is to develop personal work plans so that staff know what job is involved and that's there's not a lot of that in the film and tv there aren't job descriptions it's kind of it's kind of something you know what, what an art director does what a standby art director does mm. it's not specific, not necessarily specified I don't think that would necessarily make a difference holding regular meetings team meetings and that might not be a formal at, that's sort not of at se- 7 p.m not which at is
1: se- i've been in so many meetings where at the end of the day they call an hour meeting and you're like my brain switched off at 4 p.m yeah it's a waste of time
0: that's it but it's it's not just having a formal meeting it's also a quick meeting i just to just have people but the people who reported to me into my office for five minutes and we go right have you got any problem and do it daily yeah. have you got any problems today what are the issues what we're we doing and then you set it out um adjusting work patterns to cope with peak and peaks and staff absences um that's one that quite often from a budgetary point of view that drives people to not have enough people on set because they've set the budget so it's about realistic budgeting and also, then making sure that you've got the right, the right number of people to actually do the work that you've said you can do.
1: Right.
0: Um, that's another one. Um, ensure sufficient resources are available for staff um, all the time. Have they got. Yeah. <laughs> the, We're uh, going to
1: conquer this like one thing at a time, gradually it will get there, hopefully. A 20, big one that comes yeah. up here
0: is competency.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. So, are people competent to do what they've asked, been asked to do? And that's especially. Um, in things like stunts so if you some of the work that the British Stunt Register have started to do now is making sure that people are competent to do the particular stunt because there's this high safety critical stuff Yeah. so are they capable of doing that are they competent to do the, a particular stunt especially things like drag backs or whatever Um, are they capable of doing it and are they competent to do it but then I think the one thing I want to talk to them about and they've they've said that they might do is are they people mentally fit to do it? So are they in the right place? Are they ready to go when yeah. they get there? Because that's another one. And,
1: and don't and don't don't throw a stunt into the schedule last minute on second unit, which <laughs> happens <laughs> so often is quite unbelievable. Yeah. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's happening today, yeah. and there's no rehearsal. Um, I don't even know how these things happen. They do. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about second units. In terms of, we have these other splinter units because the main unit is overloaded and can't fit it in. Yeah. And that's just the whole too much going on in the small schedule, tight schedule.
0: Um. You've found your quote, haven't
1: you? Oh yeah, I found a quote. I just want to. I think we're going to wrap up soon, right? Yep. Um. So I just the things we're talking about in managing better. Um, any stress that we have professionally, personally and any little tweaks we can do. I found a quote back in this book again, uh, You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza um, basically about us being creatures of habit and how hard it is to break. to break in you and I talking through these podcasts and I've been through therapy first time i went to therapy i think was 2013 and i've been in numbers of group therapy and it's hard to rewire your brain and change patterns of behavior and it's hard to look at the film industry music industry to change this but this conversation we're having you listening and hopefully you can spread this podcast and conversation it's about breaking habits and i just want to read this quote to wrap up about creatures of habit again if you have the book it's page 51 um we are creatures of habit we think somewhere between 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts in one day and 90% of those thoughts are exactly the same ones we had the day before we get up on the same side of the bed we go through the same routine in the bathroom comb our hair the same way sit in the same chair we As we eat the same breakfast and hold our mug in the same hand, drive the same route to the same job, and do the same things we know how to do so well with the same people who push the same emotional buttons every day. And then we hurry up and we go home so that we can hurry up and check our email, so that we can hurry up and eat our dinner, so that we can hurry up and watch our favorite TV shows, so that we can hurry up and brush our teeth in the same bedtime routine. So that we can hurry up and go to bed at the same time. So that we can hurry up and do it all of it all over again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just struck a chord with. We're talking about big, somewhat monu- mon- monumental changes to try and effectively save lives and make life easier. Yeah. Because the industry is wonderful and it creates escapism for people, inspiration for people, and it is a wonderful thing and a privileged thing to be able to work within and it shouldn't be this challenging and if yeah. other industries are managing to look after their staff better why isn't the film industry
0: i'll bend to that
1: leave it there again
0: thank you for listening
1: thank you very much for listening guys take care of yourself and um yeah Try you and slow be, down. be kind to yourself be kind to yourself and um we'll see you on the next one see you on the next one thanks bye 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 thank you to my cousin my amazingly talented cousin uh, Robert Thomas for providing us with a little jingle that he has created for us and his company is beatshotters.com thank you
0: and we must say thank you to Finch Consulting up here in Ashby who have let us use their podcast room and all their equipment um, so thank you to Dom and guys at Finch Consulting See you soon.